Welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With member podcast. RSVP is a member community for the global luxury wedding and party industry. And every week I interview a different member. After half an hour, you'll know them like old friends. Sit back and enjoy. My guest today describes herself thus. I grew up in the most loving family in Hertfordshire, having a brother and sister of a similar age. My parents did not earn a lot of money, but what they did earn was spent on us. Every penny went to experiences together rather than material items. I was definitely the most academic of the family, determined to get straight A's, go to college and university. I studied marketing media design, which has now been very beneficial to my career to date. University is also where I, I made my insanely amazing friends, who I know my best friends for life. Having been part of many major dance groups growing up, ballet, tap, majorettes, cheerleading, it was university that opened my eyes to the clubbing world. And every summer throughout uni, I decided to work as a dancer, traveling the world with famous DJs such as Tall Paul, Paul Van Dyke, and Ez. I got the travel book and decided that before starting a career, I would travel the world. Of course, my parents made my sister come with me, and a year later, we came back understanding many different cultures and religions, something I was oblivious to beforehand. I moved to London shortly after and originally worked at an advertising agency creating TV adverts until I stumbled across an idea, an industry which completely changed my life and career path forever. After helping my brother pop the question in a creative way, I googled Proposal Planner and nothing came up. Despite many people telling me it was an awful idea, I went with my gut. In 2012, I set up the first ever marriage proposal planning company that has now planned over 5,000 big yes moments. To all those doubters, I'm glad I never listened to you. Now, living in London with two tiny, beautiful children, a very sexy husband, think Jake Gyllenhaal, but better. I'm feeling content and happy. Welcome, Daisy Amodio. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Now, we've tried to do this about, I think, about two or three times, but the planets haven't aligned, but today they have. <laughs> and also, I am an hour late, so I screwed up as well, <laughs> you know. So, But thankfully, your diary may, maybe wasn't quite as busy as mine today, and you were able to sneak me in. So thank you yeah, so much. Good. No, no, that's good. So, very nice introduction. I'm intrigued by a few things, which we'll go on to later. But let's just take us right back to your childhood in Hertfordshire, so not that far away from London, just in the north a bit. And so, do you have an earliest memory of growing up? What was your first memory? Can you think not that far back? Already a good question. <laughs> I think I remember being about five, to be honest with you. And we've got, I'm half Italian, so we've got a big, big Italian family. Like, I've got about 34 cousins, I think, first cousins. So, we always used to do everything together at weekends, always go to my nana and papa's, run around their garden and play together. Um, and we're still all hang out to this day. A lot of them have moved to London. So it was just a big thing of our Italian culture. So your father must have had lots of brothers and sisters. So 34 mm -hmm. cousins. Wow. Eight. Mm. Eight. And, th <laughs> and they all had an average of four or five each. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That must have been very noisy when you all got together. Right. So actually, let's just go back to your two to all the dancing that you seem to do. And I actually didn't know this about you, that you were a semi or professional or semi-professional dancer. So and so you did all the, the ballet tap and everything else, but then you, you went to work with DJs. Is, 
was that dancing on stage while they were playing the music? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So like like any girl, like most girls grow up wanting to be a dancer. And I did the tap, the ballet, the modern stuff. And then I was like very conscious of wearing a leotard in public. And so from about 12, 13, I kind of quit. Um, and I was really quite talented at dancing. And then all of a sudden I... I went to uni and everyone was going to these big clubs and you see these like insane DJs and then there's always two dancers next to them, aren't there, in a podium. So I traveled the world with these guys and um, just had the best time ever. And we would like dance for 20 minutes, get off, do a load of shots, get drunk, get back on and dance. We'd have our own security <laughs> guards. Um, so basically, I was just traveling the world, going to the best clubs, having the best time. I don't regret it. In fact, send us the pictures and we'll post them on the Instagram together with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. I don't we look won't. like that that's anymore, fine. that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fine. And, um, and just to show how I'm very much down with the youth, I've never heard of any of those DJs. I'm sorry. I mean, Tall Paul <laughs> yeah. and Paul Van Dyke surely is your era, James. Uh, well, well, well and... yeah, but I never was cool. So so um, anyway. And, and I know you don't know them. Because you pronounced it Ez and it's EZ. Oh, well, well. <laughs> and he's a massive DJ. Well, I don't know if you watch Have I Got News For You, but I am the Isla of this industry. <laughs> but those that watch it will get it. But he's he's got no idea about sort of modern music or anything like that. But even that was probably, what, 20 years ago? More yeah. when you were when you were dancing. So, yeah. So, he, so even then, when I was in my 30s, I didn't have a clue. Anyway, but but this isn't about me. It's about you being being absolutely on with the trend. Not not only were you in there, you were part of the act, which is which is great. Okay, it was a cool it was a cool experience, and I got to see some amazing places. So, yeah, I'm lucky I did it. Some bonkers things must have happened in nightclubs though yeah. as well. Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well we we may come on to that later. Okay, so you must love music. You obviously dance to it. Any particular kind of style of music? You got a gigs? What was your first gig? Britney Spears. <laughs> I'm not joking. I did all these cool things clubbing with all these amazing DJ. But honestly, Britney Spears used to be my inspiration. Um, and I probably should lie about this, but like it's the truth. I went to all her concerts and it's not until recently that she's just gone a bit able. I, I saw her Instagram. She's not right anymore. But back in the day, she was a massive inspiration. I think a lot of girls would think the same, actually. Yes, I think you're probably right. Yes. Yeah, and if it's not Britney Spears, it's it's people like the Pussycat Dolls, which <laughs> I still love their music, but their dancing is amazing, and I always love anything with dance. Okay. So, yeah, a bit cheesy. Okay. Wonderful. And you do have small children now, so you might not be able to, to watch as much telly or films as you as you used to, but do you do, you do a binge watch? Do you, do you have a TV show, a series, or a genre that you... Yeah, I just started... Just chill yeah. out too. do you know i'm into things yeah i mean at the moment we're watching um married at first sight uk which is absolutely hilarious you should watch it i don't <laughs> take don't. my work home with me <laughs> uh, do you know what i watch repeats of game of thrones game of thrones for me is one of the best series that's it's, ever happened i've never it's seen amazing. an episode it's one thing it's on my bucket list and when i've got like three weeks to to, to just do nothing maybe i'll watch it then but yeah yeah Okay. Yeah, James, you would absolutely love it. It's insane, just the graphics and just the storyline. Everything about Game of Thrones is just one of the best okay. series. Like, it's ever lots made. of nudity and murder, which is my two favourite things. Exactly. Apparently, <laughs> yes, yes, it's been brilliant. Watch it. Okay, okay. So, 
Game of Thrones fans. Right, okay, so you are Italian, and I might not be answer to this, but your favourite food, cuisine? Yeah, well, obviously Italian. I, I pretty much only eat pasta. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I love I love pasta. And my nonna, when she was alive, God bless her, would cook the best, and she would only go to an Italian shop to buy all the ingredients. So, um, yeah, we grew up with, with pasta, and I probably have it four times a week. Okay, so in your home, you have some pasta there on the boil, uh, just to be served al dente with a little bit of salt in it. And you have a, this amazing bar, and behind the bar is your husband, the hottest guy on the planet, and he's making you a drink, okay? And he has every single possible drink behind the bar. Mm. Okay, what mm-hmm. do you say? Barman, serve me a X. Oh, do you know, this is a bit... Well, I love espresso martinis. Uh, people think, oh, wine, champagne, whatever. But I love a really amazing espresso martini. And I'll tell you why. Because it's not only alcohol, it's great coffee. When you've got young kids that get you up at 6 a.m. every day, espresso martini is fully welcomed at any point in the day. Okay, wonderful. Right, so you're having your, your Italian food dominated by pasta. Um, you have espresso martinis. And you're having the dream dinner party. And your table is as big as you want it to be at home. And who would you invite? Anybody, alive or dead, that you knew them, you didn't know. Some, some even fictional could be there. Who is your dream guest that you would want to have the ultimate conversation with? Well, first of all, I'd want someone to plan this amazing party for me, uh, like amazing dinner party. I want like, like I don't just want a normal dinner party, James. It needs to have full-on tablescape. It needs to be insane. My guests need to come in and be wowed. So who and would you know plan who's going to do that? Johnny yeah, Roxburgh, 100%. Well, it, ha- it has to be, doesn't it? It has to be Johnny, yeah. and I'll tell you why, because he's super creative, but he's wild, like he's really wild, and I want a wild dinner party. I want people to remember it forever. So I don't only want him to plan it, I want him to come, because okay. he it will be wild. <laughs> okay. Anybody else around the table? So who would I love to come? Just someone else a bit wild, like a Madonna, someone super famous, but super interesting, that's got a lot of good stories, and is up for a drink, someone like that. Right. We all work very, very hard in this industry and mm-hmm. we all have completely insane days. And But immediately after an event, there's normally a lull. You normally have a few days off. Yeah. I mean, I know that you, you, you have young children, but if you, would, if you could go anywhere with or without them, just, just, to, just where would you go? What would you do there? Yeah, I would 100% go without them. I would, go, I would literally <laughs> go to any place adults only <laughs> five star any country i'm not precious uh, anyway you take me anywhere just a bit of luxury that no one is going to wake me up at six in the morning i will take it but um if i have to be specific my favorite place is probably the four seasons hampshire just okay. because yeah i just i love the decor i love the food and i love that you can just walk around and there's so like they've got acres and acres of land for me that's where i'd want to go now if i wanted to relax in terms of a perfect family holiday where would you go well, at the moment, anywhere that's fully inclusive, which I know sounds a bit like it's not my ideal place, but when you've got little kids, you have to go Buffet. somewhere. Yeah, you have to do <laughs> it. And so, yeah, it's not not always the best, but it just has to be done right now. So Now, you are very, very young still, uh, but most people do. Yes, most people do have a bucket list. So what's left on your bucket list in terms of what you want to do in your life at some point? Right. I mean... Places I want to go, I want to experience a proper African safari. I've never done it. I've never been to Africa. Um, and I absolutely love all of those types of animals. And I'd love to see them in the wild. And I'm just waiting 
for when I've got kids old enough to remember it because I don't want to spend all that money and then not remember it. So yeah, maybe in like five years time, that's where I'll be going. Okay. And that's the only other thing on your bucket list? Just a safari? You don't go skydiving? <laughs> Antarctica? Nope. No, I've done. I've. Do you know what, James? I have done a lot of that stuff. Like I have been skydiving. I have gone bungee jumping because I went traveling around the world for a year and a half with my sister. And I went to 14 different countries and I didn't I had a lot of guts back then. And I just used to yeah, fling me out of a plane. That's cool. Don't worry. I'll do it. But now I probably wouldn't do half that stuff. (laughs) Okay. And do you have a special talent? Is, is there anything that comes out after you've had five or more espresso martinis? Yeah, and I, I did it Saturday night, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on, man. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> no, it, it's all down to dancing. So um, I used to be a majorette. I've won every single medal you can get in, in majorettes, which is the baton twirling. Yeah, so you okay. give me a mop, a, a, a golf club, <laughs> a tennis racket, you name it, I will be in the middle of that dance floor flipping it to <laughs> Doing handstands, catching it again, like that's my party trick. Sadly. Okay. You got to have something, haven't you? Some people don't have anything. At least I, I can put on a show. <laughs> okay. What's yours, James? Oh, oh well, I, I'm I'm not being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's quite light like to know what that is. This is your this is your half hour. It's fine, fine. <laughs> okay, now all of us are creative in this industry mm. to a high degree because we operate at mm-hmm. the highest level. So, do you have a favourite art form? It could be anything between architecture, painting, dance is the obvious one, but surely there must be something other than dance. It's it's music as well, as you said. But is there anything else? Any other art form that you? embrace or use i can see some nice foliage behind you do, do you are you a um a flower ranger in your, in, in your part-time i i do actually <laughs> <laughs> i do do a lot of flower arranging because i own the proposers it's a lot of flowers and because it's like a lot smaller budgets we have this whole office is filled with fake like faux flowers but amazing ones so sometimes people will come in and they can't afford the real flowers. So we make the arrangements and I absolutely love it. And we do go on Pinterest and find different things. But um, I'm not, like, I like art, but I'm not into a lot of art. Like I, you wouldn't see me in, in a gallery sitting there thinking, what the hell does this mean? Like, I, like I, I'm not that type of person. And the thing is with dance is like, you can get emotional with it. You can laugh, you can cry, you can tell a story. And I can see all that through dance. I'm not so good when it comes to, to art really. Okay. Okay. Uh, you like architecture? You're in the Shard at the moment, the, um, no. t- the tallest building in Western Europe. Mm. You're yeah, higher than everybody else in London yeah. at the moment. And we're even higher than snow sometimes. Like when it's snowing and you get like the balls that come down, we are above that. It's actual sheets. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it's like wow. sheets and then of snow and then it disintegrates. So we're so high up. We see everything up here. It is amazing we're up here. I'm not going to lie. You can see the view now. It's um yeah no, there we go yes wonderful <laughs> I love London so it's nice to see this and it's so iconic like even my five year old knows what the Shard is they learn it at school and he's like my mummy works there so yeah I I like architecture to a point like we um bought a house a doer upper and it took us a year and a half we completely kind of gutted it and redid it and it's very much our style and I put a lot of design work into each single room and I love it now I wake up every morning I come down it's warm. I've got a coffee. I look at the nice view, and I just think, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy." Happiness is something that not a lot of people say they are, which is, which is, uh, which, which is wonderful, wonderful. So, 
Okay. You've had 10 great years in this industry. 11, actually. In 10 years' time, what do you want to be doing, both professionally and personally? Yeah, Still I mean... A um... little bit higher in the shard, a few more floors up, you think, <laughs> or, you know... Yeah. Where do I want to be? I mean, I really want to take the proposers bigger. I've been saying this forever, but I feel like we will. We've got a new um, TV show coming out next year. I don't know when, but it's on Channel 4, which is obviously really big. And I think the exposure is going to develop that side of the business more. But obviously, I'm really loving the wedding side of things. And I was never a wedding planner. I was a proposal planner. Before that, I was in an advertising agency. So it's kind of like, you know, the biggest expert in the world of proposals. I'm not at weddings. So that's where I really want to develop it and do um, just some really amazing, really amazing ones. So I'm excited about that. Personally, as long as my kids are in really great education, that's my goal for them. Just, you know, being in the right, right places and just, and learning. Yeah, I just want them. I mean, they're already amazing, but yeah, that's, that's my goal for them. Is growing the proposals, do you think it's just domestic or do you want to do it internationally, franchise it or something? I know this is a question. This is something we've discussed many times. Yeah, I I don't know. I just want to do more in more countries. Like we've done it, and we've done proposals all over the world. So many countries, from like Nigeria to Iceland. But there's still places we haven't been, and I love a challenge, and I and I love a good budget as well. So hopefully, I think we've got a great team as well. They're all looking at me now. We've got a great team, and I think everyone can just get out there to all different countries. Wonderful. Now, you've done some very very nice weddings in the past few years. And How you did are it now, happen? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's like everything in this industry, half by accident, half through luck, half through hard yeah. work. And yeah. just being in the right place at the right time, which you work very hard to do. I think, mm-hmm. well, that's that's my take on it. So so you are now a luxury wedding planner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of luxury, A, what do you think luxury is? So the definition, but also is there a brand, an experience or something which you currently have, which you think, yes. I'm proud of that. That's luxury. It means a couple of things to me, actually, because personally, I just remember my mum and dad always saving for us to have the most luxury item. And that then would be the best trainers. And my mum's point of view would be, you know, I don't want them to get bullied at school. I want them to have nice trainers. And so they put all our money into having that. And that was a luxury. And I always felt like I was really quite privileged to have those things. But now having seen these types of clients that are billionaires, sometimes multi-billionaires, my eyes just opened up. I'd never, ever witnessed luxury like that. And so now, like, a luxury for me would be a client putting me on first-class plane, like, first-class seats um, and going to the lounge and, uh, you know, having a glass of champagne, getting on with my work, getting on a flight. I'd never even experienced first-class seating before. And now that's how the only way I fly. So it's like, that's that's a real big luxury. And I, I remember actually another planner Sarah Haywood telling one of my employees that went to work for her that um what was her saying she said you you should you should have a designer handbag and a designer watch everything else can be from Primark because that's what the client's going to clock and if they've clocked that you have these things then they know you're doing well and I'll never forget her saying that because I know that's almost a little bit fickle you don't need designer stuff by fake I guess if you wanted to but I do have that now and the clients do clock that and I see them clock that and yeah do you want to share the brand names with us or or is that just um, for uh, <laughs> an experience for when they meet you? <laughs> <laughs> well, James, I have a couple of design bags now, actually. My goal is now to like, um, you know, I do work extremely, extremely hard. Sometimes I make myself really quite ill over it because, um, every you know, I just care way too much. 
And so afterwards, my goal is to always buy something for myself. That could just be a massage. That could be a night away. That could be a handbag. But um, that it's important. I, I work a lot. I don't just want it to sit in the bank, pay other people. I want something for myself. That's fair okay. enough. Okay. It is, yes. Actually, are you good to tell us what you are? Is it a Birkin or a Kelly or Chanel or or, <laughs> or all of the above? Yeah, no, I haven't got all of the above. No, I've got a Chanel. I've got a Chanel, but that's more of like a night bag. Um, no and then I got a Saint Laurent uh, work bag, which they always clock. So, um, yeah, at the moment, I, I have got my eye on another bag, but we'll okay. see. <laughs> these are my goals. You've got to manifest these things and then they will happen. They will. They will indeed. They will indeed. Okay. Right. And is there anybody that's influenced you in life, both personally, professionally? And what do you think the best piece of advice I've ever given you is? I think, well, any woman that's – I, I don't want to be mean to men. <laughs> but but women, well, women inspire awful, me the most. We're awful, you know. We're awful. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it is? Because I've had two babies now, and I remember the first one. I really quite struggled because – you lose all your independence in, in seconds. And you know me, I'm very independent. And before you know it, I was like at home on my own with a crying baby in the middle of winter. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And I was really struggling. Um, and I still had, I had one business at the time and it wasn't doing very well because I wasn't at the forefront of it. And so then you have that added pressure. So I do think like any women that, a lot of women have their own businesses now. So you have to still work and look after the baby where before you were just told to look after the baby. And that was hard enough. So I just, any woman that can juggle businesses and kids, I just think it is amazing. Or oh, everybody <laughs> inspires me. <laughs> I tell you who else inspires me. My my business coach. She, my business what, coach. LPS. Yes, yes, Laura. <laughs> she, um... She inspires me every time I speak to her, and I think it's because she's got a no bullshit attitude. So I will come to her and say my new ideas, and she'll be like, "That is absolute crap," or or she'll be like, "That is amazing." However, I mean, yeah. would she be the person ten years ago that you'd gone to and said, "I'm going to set up a proposal company," and she would have gone, "Oh, that's a terrible idea, Daisy." Yeah. <laughs> would well, she have done to be that? honest, well, everybody said that. Everyone said it was a terrible idea, apart from my mum. My mum was the only one that believed me when everybody else said, no, that is a rubbish idea. Like, yeah, she probably would have because no one understood what I was talking about at the time. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting, isn't it? And yet, no, uh, you, you didn't have her then. I didn't. No, <laughs> <Anyway>. I didn't. <laughs> but, she, but she tries to get you to reinvent the wheel all the time. She doesn't want you to get stale. She's always thinking outside the box, and that does inspire me. No, what frustrates you? People not doing, I, I bet everyone says this, people not doing what they said they're going to do. <laughs> Yeah. Like I get it all the time because we own such small businesses. Uh, you know, it's really hard to get the right people to do the right things. And when you put, you invest in, a, in a, your time into somebody and then you don't get what they're saying you're going to get back. Oh, it frustrates me so much because it's a massive waste of time. And then, yeah, you yeah, know what no, I mean. I get <laughs> you that. get that. Well, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's just respect of your time. Don't yeah. say you're going to do something because I'll yeah. then plan my time and schedule around it. And if mm. you don't deliver, and it's say going to do it, throws your thing out. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's um, very disrespectful. Right. Okay. So a brown value of RSVP is naughtiness. Mm. Yes. And now tell us, tell us a naughty thing you've done, or tell us a naughty joke, or both. <laughs> Honestly, I've done a lot of naughty things in my life. <laughs> As I'm sure you can imagine, and I probably can't say half of them. In Ibiza but, with some DJs, I'm sure. Probably, yeah. 
<laughs> um, but God, like I was trying to think of like what would be naughty because you always say this, but um, no, do you know what's naughty? And it is actually a work related. I and I feel so bad about it. So it's diff- It's not a dirty naughty. It's a just a naughty because I felt bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I set up a fake drug arrest for somebody. And I got oregano, put it in a little plastic packet, planted it in her bag without her knowing, which was scary enough. Then I got fake police to come in and arrest her, put her, like manhandled, like push her into a car, which she didn't know had GoPros in it. And then she's like crying her eyes out. The boyfriend in the back, he's finding it hilarious because their whole relationship's built on pranks. Don't get me wrong, we don't just do candles and petals at the proposers. It's literally like... (laughs) We do so many weird pranks. Did they ever get how- married? <laughs> they did. It, like she had to go and line him up. So we were like, "This is the this is the guy that just sold you drugs. Admit it. Admit it now." She's <gasps> crying her eyes out, and then they go to this lineup, and he's in the lineup basically. And then she's like, "Oh, you got me. You got me." And that to her was her best proposal. Bloody but, hell! <laughs> but it was out of order because there was a good half an hour, James, where she was crying her eyes out, thinking she was going to prison. Oh yeah. god! So okay. yeah, I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> any any dirty or naughty jokes? No, That's no, you, I don't know. Your children, you've got all so. them. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. oh, oh, thank you, thank you. You've yes. got millions of them. Uh, yes, you tell uh, yeah. me one. <laughs> I, I, well, <laughs> it's not the public broadcast. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're coming to the end of our time now. So, thank you, Daisy Amodio, from the highest building in Europe, a baton twirler with an Yves Saint Laurent bag and a Primark dress, a fake drug buster and wants to be hit one more time. Thank you very much. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you wish to join RSVP, please go to the website, rsvp.club, or email me, james at rsvp.club. Our next large event is in Istanbul in April 2024. See you all next week.